Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for stopping by the channel again today it is tuesday january 25th 2022 i am jd from new york and this is off the script episode 406 thank you guys for joining me on your tuesdays wherever you may be we got a lot of news man it's been a busy last couple of days and WWE is getting themselves ready for the Royal Rumble. We got news 
going into the Royal Rumble. Major news that could be very impactful for WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas at AT&T Stadium. WrestleMania 38. We're going to go over what that news is. If you guys don't know or you are not aware, Ronda Rousey may be on her way back to WWE. She may actually be the one woman that will win it all on Saturday night in the Royal Rumble and be crowned this year's Women's Royal Rumble winner. So we will talk about that. I got WWE's initial plans for Ronda Rousey going into WrestleMania and what they are doing and the lengths that they are going to get Ronda back in the company. I don't like it. We briefly talked about it on Monday Night Raw and the post-show for Off the Script last night. We are going to talk about it again today right here on episode 406. I got spoilers as well for the Royal Rumble. Who else did WWE reach out to as far as appearing in the Women's Royal Rumble? What NXT stars are going to be in the Royal Rumble? I got all that news for you today as well. WWE also working on yet another celebrity appearance in the Royal Rumble, and that alone gets my brain working. Not one, but two celebrity appearances in this year's Royal Rumble. Is WWE taking the Royal Rumble to be serious this year, or are they planning to give it away in a very predictable fashion? So we will talk about that as well. Also, I got your ratings for SmackDown and Rampage. Ali, Mustafa Ali blocks WWE and their Fox-related Twitter account. So we will talk about that. I got another WWE star asking for his release. Someone out of NXT. But I thought Shawn Michaels was in charge said the unintelligent geek online. I wonder why they're asking for their release. Could it be because Bruce Pritchard is running a show? We'll go over who that is. And more AEW wrestlers are on their way out of the company. But everybody wants to make a big deal about Leo Rush. Meanwhile, there's three or four other guys going through the same exact thing. But that's not diverse enough as a topic. We don't talk about that here. But I will right here on episode 406. Thank you guys again for joining me. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you guys are on the Twitter because that is the best place where you can follow everything along uh, as far as the podcast is concerned, you guys want my in real time thoughts about these shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, pay per views, Royal Rumble on Saturday, man. It's going to be crazy. Make sure you guys are following me on Twitter for all the latest. Also, Instagram as well. I'm not really on there as much, but when I am, you guys can find me on there as well. Hit that subscribe button down below, turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS 406. Go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off the Script. There is a 15% off sale all week for Royal Rumble Week. Make sure you guys use code JDRUMBLE 
at checkout, you guys can save 15% off on virtually everything right now that is up there on bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off the Scripts. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. I will throw some links right up in the top, little annotation right there in the top right corner of your screen. We were live from Monday Night Raw and the post show last night. Tons of content last week. If you guys want anything coming out of last week's shows, it's all on the homepage right there for the channel. And we also got a video that I uploaded on Sunday. Reddit apparently hates my guts. So on Sunday, we read hateful Reddit messages. So if you guys want some comedy content as well, make sure you guys go and check that out. And today's show is sponsored by my great, great friends over at WrestleRumble.com. You guys want to win cash? You guys want to have fun during the Royal Rumble? You guys can sign up at WrestleRumble.com. Make sure you guys get your picks in. You guys can buy picks. You guys can enter as many times as you want. You guys are going to be emailed questions. And then all you have to do is use your knowledge and apply it to those questions. You could win $1,000 cash during the Royal Rumble via WrestleRumble. That is WrestleRumble.com for all the appropriate detail and information. So make sure you guys go and have fun. I will be there, so you'll be actively competing against me as well. That is WrestleRumble.com. Let's win some cold, hard cash and use that off-the-script knowledge on WrestleRumble.com. We're going to start at the top, guys. WWE, trademarks, more WCW pay-per-view names, presumably for NXT 2.0. WWE has locked down the trademark rights for WCW events of the past. The company did so on January 19th with the United States Patent and Trademark Office once again. This filing was for entertainment purposes. The terms were super brawl and uncensored. When Vince McMahon bought WCW back in 2001, he was able to obtain various WWE, uh, WCW rather related things, such as trademarks, rings, and obviously the videotape library. WCW held super brawl from 1991 to 2001, and they also held uncensored. From 1995 all the way up until 2000. Now, WWE has not used any of these WCW names on the main roster, and I don't really think they are ever going to. So when I read stories like this, I kind of get upset because the one thing that I've been advocating for for a very long time is for WWE to actually change their pay-per-view calendar. And what they've been doing in recent years is they're adding taglines to a bunch of names. And the one that stands out most is Backlash. They added the WrestleMania Backlash uh, motto to it. Oh, it's WrestleMania Backlash. So pretty much what they're telling you is that everything that comes out of WrestleMania, you're pretty much going to get those WrestleMania matches again, and they hype it up as if it's bigger or on the same level of WrestleMania, every time you use the WrestleMania name in something like that, it diminishes the name of WrestleMania. They did the same thing when they were hyping up these Saudi shows the last couple years. It's equivalent or on the same level of a WrestleMania. No, it's not. No, it's not. So I don't know why WWE adds these fucking taglines 
to their pay-per-views to make them seem bigger than they really are. And at the end of the show, it really never is. So I hate it, and it's lame. WWE can absolutely use a change on their pay-per-view calendar. I would love if we got a Super Brawl. I'd love if we got a Starcade. I would love if we got a Halloween Havoc. This would make all these pay-per-views seem genuine and special. And I think there's a lot in said names. And I honestly think we could do away with all these gimmick pay-per-views. Elimination Chamber. Get rid of it. We don't need to name the event the Elimination Chamber. Just use the Elimination Chamber in a match on a show. That's why I prefer the No Way Out name. I think it fit perfectly. And it really didn't have that gimmick name and the match attached to the name. I I hate it. Same thing with Money in the Bank. I would get rid of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and I would put the Money in the Bank ladder match to give more opportunity to those that don't make the WrestleMania show and put it back on WrestleMania. I would bring back King of the Ring and make that a yearly pay-per-view. But as we all know, Vince McMahon doesn't like tournaments. Then we got Hell in a Cell, and we got uh, Clash of Champions, which uh, Clash of Champions or whatever WWE calls it nowadays, uh, Night of Champions. I like that stuff. That's a gimmick that I would actually enjoy to see WWE take advantage of. But they don't do it. TLC. Nobody likes this gimmick shit. Get rid of it. It diminishes the the match itself, the stipulation itself. And WWE doesn't really make these pay-per-views seem special. It's just a one-off show, a B-level show. At best, a fucking C-level show. None of these shows really reek of importance. That's why I wish WWE would use these names on the main roster, but that won't happen because Vince didn't create it. Bruce didn't create it. If it's not a WWE creation, then they won't use it, but they use it for NXT. I don't see what the fucking difference is. I don't see what the difference is. NXT used War Games, they used the Great American Bash, and they used Halloween Havoc. So it seems like WWE is going to be doing the same thing for future NXT specials. We may get NXT uncensored. We may get NXT Super Brawl. So I would assume that they're going to be using these names for NXT. I don't like it. I think the value here is to change the pay-per-view way on the main roster and make those shows feel a little bit more important. NXT doesn't really need that. War Games is fine. But now that Triple H is out of town and he's no longer in power, it doesn't feel, none of these things feel special anymore, even in NXT. So... That's my gripe there. It's been one of those little pet peeves of mine over the last couple of years. I wish WWE would change their pay-per-view calendar because really nothing outside the Rumble and Mania, and even those shows don't have any hype going into them because WWE is very lackadaisical and they sell it on the name itself. I wish they would put more importance on these shows and really give them a special meaning and feel. That would really make them a premium live event. That's just my honest opinion. Speaking of the WrestleMania show and the weekend that will be WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas, WWE has confirmed as of yesterday that the Hall of Fame ceremony is coming back. We will get NXT stand and deliver and WrestleMania, obviously, night one and night two. It's going to be a big, big, big week. It's the biggest money-making week for us and what we do here on YouTube, so I can't wait for it. But WWE is slated to bring back its full slate of events for WrestleMania 38. 
And that week, in particular, in Dallas, Texas, WWE confirmed to the Dallas Morning News on Monday morning that the company will hold the go-home WrestleMania show of SmackDown, Fallout edition of Raw, the Hall of Fame ceremony, and the NXT Stand and Deliver special on the same weekend in the area. WWE will also host a Superstore Access Interactive fan experience. I I don't know what that means, but interactive means they may not be holding fan access for everybody to physically attend. More information regarding the events will be announced at a later date. The company previously announced WrestleMania will take place on April 2nd and April 3rd at AT AT&T Stadium, which marks the third straight year that the show will be held over a course of two nights, which I do believe and I hope will be the way moving forward for WrestleMania in general. Now, NXT Stand and Deliver. This was a takeover show uh, before NXT 2.0 absolutely demolished what Triple H had created. NXT Stand and Deliver will air, apparently, on the same day as WrestleMania Night 1, and the Hall of Fame may actually take place right after SmackDown, immediately following that go-home show of SmackDown that Friday. Now, PW Insider is reporting that the current plan for the NXT special is for it to air on the same day as WrestleMania Night 1. The preliminary plan for the show is to air the show on Saturday, April 2nd, as a matinee event from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern, a few hours before WrestleMania. As noted earlier, the current plan for the Hall of Fame ceremony is for it to air on Peacock, slash WWE Network immediately after Friday Night SmackDown goes off the air. PW Insider is also reporting that the preliminary word coming out of the WWE is right now the show may be taped. So I'm not sure what WWE is going to do. Being that Friday Night SmackDown more than likely will be live, I'm assuming that the report from PW Insider is correct and the show will be a taped show That will air immediately on Peacock and the WWE Network. Now, I don't know. uh, They may end up changing it. SmackDown may be taped and the Hall of Fame may be live. They may switch it around. I don't know. But we will see what happens when that time comes. NXT Stand and Deliver as a matinee show, I I guess it's probably the only way for it to work. I thought, honestly, when the news was announced that NXT was not going to get their own special event WrestleMania weekend, And I thought Stand and Deliver was actually going to be a, I guess, a mini pay-per-view on the USA Network, just like they did uh, not too long ago. So we'll see what happens. If you guys remember, Stand and Deliver last year was two nights. We had night one air on the USA Network, and then night two air on the WWE Network. I thought this year it was just going to be a straight USA Network type of deal. So... We'll see what happens with that. I don't mind it being a special event. It's just, you know, there's a lot going on that weekend, and I got to cover that show along with WrestleMania in the same day. It's going to be it's gonna be hectic. I'm going to be in the office all day. I would rather them just wait and do it on Tuesday on USA Network. It would probably be in their best interest to do it. It would generate some nice buzz for the show on Tuesday night. So we'll see what happens. WWE clearly wants to include NXT in the WrestleMania festivities. It, it, it's very... It's very bizarre, man. You know, WWE did everything that they 
that they could to remove NXT from being tagged along with these major shows like a Rumble and a Mania and a SummerSlam. And here we are now, all of a sudden, with Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon in charge, we got NXT obviously now being run by Vince and Bruce. NXT now tagging along once again with the WrestleMania show coming up in Dallas. I wonder why. Because it's a Bruce and Vince production. If Triple H was still in charge, he would not be allowed to run NXT on the same weekend as WrestleMania or any event for that matter. Because normally when Triple H was in charge of a takeover, they would usually steal the thunder away from the main roster. That no longer is an issue in WWE being that there is no more takeover. Takeover is dead, which I'm glad to see. Some people are still calling it takeover. Please don't disrespect Triple H and takeover and what the takeover events meant to us. This is not a takeover. It's NXT, stand and deliver. So uh, they are doing that and tagging the NXT brand along for WrestleMania that weekend, and we will see what happens, man. I don't know what WWE has planned for the show. I guess we will see in the weeks to come as far as what is being planned for the NXT brand on that particular weekend. Potential spoiler for the WWE Men's Royal Rumble coming out of NXT. PW Insider is reporting that there could be at least two top NXT men's stars in this year's Royal Rumble match. PW Insider noted that WWE's flying Braun Breaker and Walter to Texas, or not Texas, St. Louis, I I wish, Braun Breaker would be great on the main roster, and Walter would absolutely kill it on the main roster. Not yet, anyway, so we'll see what happens. But they are flying Braun Breaker and Walter into St. Louis for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view on Saturday night. It is not confirmed if they will be appearing on the show, but they will be at the show in case they are needed. I don't know why you would be flying these guys in if you don't plan on using them. WWE is incredibly high on Braun Breaker and Walter... I would put Breaker in the Royal Rumble. I would not put Walter in the Royal Rumble because if he's in there, then that means he's probably not going to win it. I I can't see WWE giving Walter the Royal Rumble, which would then mean Walter is only going to be in there to get eliminated and put somebody else over. Meanwhile, we should be talking and having discussions about getting Walter to the main roster and getting him over and making him the biggest guy that you got there. He should be, realistically, the biggest heel on the main roster right now. He's got all the tools for the trade, and I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. And I still hate the fucking name change. I will hate the name change forever, but we will all get over it. We will all get over it. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we got Braun Breaker and Gunther Walter being flown into St. Louis. There will be multiple NXT wrestlers at the Royal Rumble, whether they are in the match or hand as alternatives, or on hand as alternatives, in case of COVID problems remain to be seen. Dave Meltzer discussed some of the names on the Wrestling Observer Radio. He says, and I quote, I don't know if they're going to be in the Rumble, but I do know that several NXT men and women are scheduled to be there. I don't know if they are there to be in the Rumble or they are there to be alternatives. Uh, Because if they are there, I I assume WWE would want to use Braun Breaker and Walter, like I said, If they have 30 people in the Rumble, you better, in this day and age, have three alternates because somebody's got a good chance of either getting sick or WWE has last-minute changes and something else comes up and they go in a completely different direction. So WWE more than likely will use somebody from NXT. Who that is, we don't know. I think Braun Breaker could be realistically... A great choice for the Royal Rumble. It could give him some spotlight, and he'll be on the main roster quicker than anybody right now that's currently on NXT. I would put a Tony D'Angelo in there. WWE has had Tommaso Ciampa and Pete Dunne and LA Knight, along with Roderick Strong, do dark matches before SmackDown. I would have all those guys in the Royal Rumble. Give them some shine. Give the Royal Rumble some unpredictability, man. That's exactly what I like. In the Royal Rumble, guys like that, any one of those guys has a great shot of really having a strong showing and adding to the unpredictability of the Royal Rumble. I like that. Get them ready for the main roster. Get them ready for that main roster crowd. Put them out there in front of that big audience that will be there for St. Louis, and they'll be off and running. And then all you have to decide is what brand you want these guys on, or if you want any of them on any brand, period. I talked about Roderick Strong last night on the Monday Night Raw post-show. Roddy's lost all of his dark matches. He's lost to Champa. He's lost to L.A. Knight. And I believe he's lost to uh, Dijakovic. T-Bar. L.A. Knight, he would be perfect for the main roster. Tommaso Champa, there's no fucking way you can't find something for Tommaso Champa to do. Pete Dunne, you could slide him in anywhere. He'd fit like a fucking glove. All these guys are ready. Just find something for them to do. I put them all on the Royal Rumble. As far as the women, I expected, not even the men. WWE has enough. It's very predictable with the men. There's a lot of people on that roster that don't have a good shot of winning the Royal Rumble. And then it comes down to it being very predictable. You're going to weed out the weak very easily on the men's side. But at least they got 30 men that they could find for the Royal Rumble. The women is a whole different story. The women's Royal Rumble is a completely different beast. They don't have 30 women with what they got on the main roster. That's why they went out and got a handful of divas. I'm not even calling them legends. Divas. Give me a break. WWE should really be utilizing NXT. You want these NXT women to get further along? Give them some shine in the Royal Rumble. As far as the women's uh, division in NXT, who I could see from there in the Royal Rumble, I could easily see Dakota Kai. I could easily see Raquel Gonzalez. I could easily see Io Shirai in the Royal Rumble. Those women, Io Shirai's done nothing as of late on NXT television. I would absolutely put them in the Royal Rumble. And those three women, 
There's nothing for them to do on NXT. And they're all main roster ready. Raquel Gonzalez should be on the main roster right now. I believe I read somewhere last week that WWE had plans for Raquel Gonzalez to be on the main roster already, but they're holding back because they want to get through the Women's Dusty Tag Team Cup. They don't have enough women on NXT as well to get through even a single elimination tournament. Ridiculous. They've butchered their entire women's division. They got women, and they got a whole PC full of them, but they won't be ready anytime soon. So Raquel Gonzalez should be on the main roster already. I could see her in the Royal Rumble, but they held her back because they need women for the Dusty Cup, and they're teaming her with Cora Jade. So who the fuck knows what's going to happen there? But all three of those women that I just mentioned should absolutely be in the Royal Rumble. Just to give it some youth and some in-house talent instead of going out and getting a fucking Summer Rae, who, by the way, is not a legend. Neither is Alicia Fox. Give me a break with that shit. The Women's Rumble is a complete and utter disaster. Nobody gives a shit about the Rumble. Now that Ronda Rousey was announced for the Royal Rumble, which we'll be talking about in a little bit, it it makes everybody in the Rumble absolutely worthless because if Ronda's in there, I don't see her not winning the Rumble. So WWE will be using NXT talent. It was reported that they won't be, but WWE may have to. They may be forced to using NXT talent. WWE is also working on another celebrity appearance for WrestleMania. This actually got my brain working. Normally, we'd see one celebrity appearance. But WWE is aiming for yet another celebrity appearance in the Men's Rumble, on top of already having Johnny Knoxville, which it's a stretch even calling him a celebrity. He's a celebrity, but maybe a a, a D-list celebrity, Johnny Knoxville. But they are planning for yet another celebrity, according to WrestleVotes on Twitter today. WrestleVotes reported that Johnny Knoxville's involvement with the company is just for the Royal Rumble. It's just for Jackass Forever. It's a nice promotional tool for the movie coming out on February 4th. And then he gives them an appearance in the Royal Rumble, which I I don't really like. I don't really care for that. I think that spot could go to anybody else to build up in the Royal Rumble and give an opportunity to somebody younger, and that's actually there, but that's just me. I got shit on for that opinion as well, because everybody in the IWC, in the internet wrestling community on Twitter, is a bunch of fucking brainless hacks. However, WWE is working on yet another celebrity appearance for the Royal Rumble. Sources state that Johnny Knoxville's Royal Rumble involvement is slated to be Rumble only and done on Saturday. WWE is indeed working on another celebrity appearance for the Royal Rumble and possibly WrestleMania as well. I asked who and couldn't get a name, either because it's top secrets, which is unlikely, or it is right now undecided, end quote. The reason Knoxville is working the match is due to the deal being made to promote his Jackass Forever movie that comes out on February 4th, just days After the Royal Rumble, as you guys remember, last year, WrestleMania 37, WWE brought in Bad Bunny for the Royal Rumble, who was widely praised by fans and wrestlers for his work in a tag team match where he teamed up with Damian Priest and he went up against The Miz and John Morrison. Honestly, I've heard from other people in the community that Bad Bunny is going to be brought back, possibly for the Rumble and possibly again for WrestleMania. I I don't know why. 
I think one and done with Bad Bunny is enough. I think he proved himself. Everybody was big on Bad Bunny. People like me that don't really like that aspect of WrestleMania where celebrities come in and they get their match and yada, yada, yada. Some take it seriously, some don't. Bad Bunny checked off all of what you would like to see as far as somebody from that avenue come on in to do the pro wrestling gig. He killed it. Can't take anything away from the guy. And he's a fan, which is great. It's just the cherry on top of the cake. Bad Bunny did great. And the match ended up being one of the more entertaining matches the entire WrestleMania weekend. So kudos to him. If he comes back, I won't have a problem. But do we really need Bad Bunny? And is it Bad Bunny? I don't know who else would be in line for a WrestleMania appearance. Bad Bunny right now is touring the world. Major, major tour going on right now. Or sometime next year, I believe. I know he was touring uh, as of uh, not not a couple of, not even a couple of months ago. And, and WWE actually this week on SmackDown promoted Bad Bunny's tour. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they promoted Bad Bunny on on Monday Night Raw as well, and they mentioned Bad Bunny and, and the, the mention of his tour coming up this year. Could it be Bad Bunny? Maybe it's WWE and Bad Bunny and his team working together as well to hype up his tour and get his tour out there like he really needs it. But it would probably be beneficial more towards WWE that he's coming off such a a, a tremendous tour already and then going back on tour and playing all these sold-out arenas. It may be beneficial for WWE to continue using how hot Bad Bunny is right now in the music scene. I can't see it being anybody else. Who else would be in line for a WrestleMania appearance and who would make a big splash? WWE probably wants to bring Bad Bunny back because they brought Bad Bunny back and they only filled one-third of Raymond James Stadium. Imagine Bad Bunny being back in AT&T Stadium with 100, quote-unquote. Not sure if it's going to sell out or not. They didn't sell it out the first time. WWE likes to embellish their attendance numbers on pay-per-view. But regardless of all that, they kind of want to make do. Again, a redo. That's why they had Drew McIntyre planned for the WWE Championship program before he actually got hurt with his neck. They wanted to give him a redo and put him in a WWE Championship situation, whether it was going to be against Reigns or Lesnar or both. That was the going plan. You've seen it written all over the place. On WWE TV, McIntyre was going to factor into the WrestleMania plans for the WWE Universal Championship. He was the only other one outside Brock Lesnar. So WWE clearly wants to make do and give these guys a large WrestleMania stage that they were not given the last two years. So if it's Bad Bunny, I could see it absolutely being him just because WWE had him go out there and do the thing with Damian Priest in front of only one-third of a Raymond James WrestleMania crowd, 25,000 when it should have been 80,000. I could absolutely see it. What does he do? I don't know. Do they do the Miz again? Maybe Miz and Maurice get involved, move on from Edge, and then they do Bad Bunny all over again. I, I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see what happens, but uh, WWE is prepping possibly another celebrity appearance for the Royal Rumble on top of Johnny Knoxville and also WrestleMania. Now, if there is another celebrity appearance in the Royal Rumble, it, it really makes me wonder if we see Bad Bunny show up in the Royal Rumble, which I would not... I would not bet against. I could absolutely see it happening. If he's free, of course. But WWE having two celebrity appearances in the Royal Rumble, it really makes me wonder what WWE's take is on the Royal Rumble this year. Are they taking it to be serious? 
Are they loading it up with uh, a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of people that are not going to win it, a couple of celebrity appearances, and, and taking it to be very weak this year because we know Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, either one of them is going to win the Royal Rumble if they don't win their matches because of X factors that happened earlier in the night. I don't know. Seems like a very predictable. You know, it's weird. This year's Royal Rumble is very unpredictable and predictable at the same time. I don't see anybody in that men's Rumble winning it outside of AJ Styles, possibly, which I don't think is going to happen, or Omos. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I think Omos is probably better served to win the Elimination Chamber, but I do think he's going to have a big Royal Rumble. But I see Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns winning the Royal Rumble And in some weird way, it's predictable yet unpredictable because we don't know which way WWE is going to swing. So they got the best of both worlds. Not necessarily good, but WWE is going to be riding that into the Royal Rumble, and we will see what happens. I just think uh, another celebrity appearance in the Royal Rumble is overkill. One, for me, in my honest opinion, is more than enough. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. She's returning to the Royal Rumble. Fightful is reporting, as of this week, that WWE is pushing to get Ronda Rousey on this year's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Brian Alvarez then later reported and confirmed on The Observer Live that Ronda Rousey will indeed be returning at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. He says, and I quote, I was told that Ronda will be in the Royal Rumble, end quote. Please tell me that Ronda's winning the Royal Rumble without actually telling me Ronda Rousey is going to win the Royal Rumble. Ronda Rousey's going to be in the Royal Rumble. There's no fucking way she doesn't win the Royal Rumble. Simple. Ronda Rousey has not wrestled since WrestleMania 35 in 2019, where she lost the Royal Women's Championship to Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. There were talks to bring her back much sooner, but the pandemic and her pregnancy delayed those plans. WrestlingNews.co was told that WWE wanted to do Rousey versus Lynch in a singles match last year at WrestleMania, But clearly, that did not happen. It's unclear if that is the plan this year. Becky Lynch actually took to Twitter today, actually, to respond to the rumors about Becky and Ronda happening at WrestleMania or Ronda Rousey showing up at the Royal Rumble. She says this, and I quote, was wondering if you'd show up again. I've still got her, meaning the Raw Women's Championship, and she is doing great. End quote. Now, there is backstage news on Ronda Rousey and her WWE return. PW Insider is reporting these backstage plans, and they posted an update on the rumors of Ronda Rousey making the rounds, first reported by Feifel and then Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer. PW Insider stated that at least one WWE official flew to California last week to meet with Rousey and that Rousey's makeup artist and stylist, Abram Esparza is set to be at the pay-per-view and at Raw following the Rumble. Reportedly, this has been in the plans for weeks and weeks. It was also noted that sources who are aware of the Royal Rumble plans stating or stated that it's all on Ronda Rousey as to whether or not she pulls the trigger on her WWE return, but WWE is ready for it. And they want her at WrestleMania. Rousey has not appeared on WWE television, like I previously mentioned, since WrestleMania 35. Last year, WWE President Nick Khan, man, 
indicated that Rousey would return to the company, and there were rumors at various times during the year that she could be back, but she was also pregnant last year, so those plans that were in place were obviously put on hold. If WWE gets Ronda Rousey to show up at the Rumble, win the Rumble, and is added to the main event mix of WrestleMania, WWE obviously will get the boost that they want, that they desperately want, at a time when they have roster depth issues that obviously they caused themselves. They got nobody to blame for the roster depth issues but themselves. I said this last night. Ronda Rousey will be a draw. However, which way you want to swing it. Is it going to be as big as when she first came in, teamed with The Rock, and then trained? Or not teamed with The Rock, trained with, teamed with Angle. It was supposed to be The Rock and Triple H at WrestleMania, but it ended up being Angle she teamed up with, and that was the best match of the entire night, that, that WrestleMania. And she continued to train. She was brought back to the Rumble and blah, 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 and she feuded with Becky Lynch and all this other shit, right? Is it going to be as big of a deal compared to her first run? No. Ronda Rousey's been out of the public spotlight. She's been away on her farm. She has semi-retired from all combat sports, pro wrestling. She had a kid. She's living her life. Her career is over. Her career is over. Is it going to be a situation where WWE is expecting Ronda to, you know, be all over the place, these headlines, Ronda Rousey's returning, and blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be as big of a deal. It's not. Ronda Rousey is back and back for one reason and one reason only. And I find it to be sad how people don't really love the women's division as much as they say they do. Now, I get if you're a Ronda Rousey super fan. I get if you're a fan of Ronda Rousey. I get why you would want to see her back. I get the excitement about a Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey one-on-one match. Could it be a disaster? Absolutely. We don't know how good Ronda Rousey is going to be after all this time off. She wasn't really all that good the first time around. Was she passable? Sure. Was she good enough to get through a match? Sure. But she's not this blowaway talent. Becky's going to have to really bunker down and lead that match with Ronda at WrestleMania. So we'll see what happens. They really want something to main event night one. And if WWE is going to have a two-night WrestleMania, I don't really see them doing Bianca and Becky main eventing night one. They want a bigger deal in front of 100,000 people. This fits the bill. And that's the problem. WWE has no faith in building anybody up. They don't really care about building any new talent up. They don't care about new blossoming, fresh new stars. They don't want to give opportunities to anybody else on that roster. They're not Ronda Rousey. And that's the problem. You know, I would love if WWE had a great women's division. I would love in a perfect world where WWE would call Ronda Rousey up and want Ronda Rousey to be a compliment to the women's division. WWE is now bringing in Ronda to compliment the women's division. WWE is bringing in Ronda Rousey because they have nobody in their division due to their own fucking failures. And they're bringing in Ronda Rousey not as a compliment but as a necessity, and that necessity is not really all that good. It's not a good look for WWE. They've killed their fucking division. They could absolutely be sitting here with the best women's division in all of North America, but they failed to create any new stars. 
all through the pandemic, this was the perfect opportunity to create new stars, and you didn't create one single new star outside of Bianca Belair. It's all the same names. Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, Alexa. Asuka's been out. I don't even consider Asuka a big star. They usually have Asuka and take her for granted as well. The only other star that WWE has built up is Bianca Belair. And she still right now isn't even at their level. She's there, but she's not at a Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky level. Asuka's not. Rhea Ripley is a fucking disaster on the main roster. They have nobody. They have nobody. After those names, then you get into the Dana Brooks, the Taminas, the Natalias, the Zialees, all these other fucking people that WWE doesn't give a shit about. They call these women up from NXT. They barely use them. There's no creative plans for anybody. They fucking let Tony Storm go. They fired Ruby Soho. How many other ones? They fired Ember Moon. They fired Tegan Knox. I mean, give me a fucking break with this nonsense, man. But you're all excited about Ronda Rousey coming back. You're all excited about Ronda Rousey coming back. What exactly does that do for the overall health of the women's division? It does absolutely nothing. It does nothing. Then you got people telling me, oh, it's going to bring a spotlight to the women's division. No, it's not. On what fucking planet is that going to bring a spotlight to the women's division? It's going to bring a spotlight to Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. That's all it's going to do. WWE needs a mega main event for night one of WrestleMania. That's it. Instead of building somebody new in-house to be on that level of Becky Lynch, they'd rather go with the one-off band-aid to their problems in Ronda Rousey. I don't understand it. And what happens? What happens after WrestleMania? Is Ronda going to stick around? You think Ronda doesn't want to have child number two? You think Ronda wants to stick around And be on the road every fucking week? No, she don't. What happens at WrestleMania? Instead of using Becky Lynch as the big superstar that she is, right? I guess she's not. I guess she's not big enough to put over a younger talent on the main roster. I guess she's not big enough to put Bianca Belair over, right? I I was told, let it play out. Let's see what happens. Oh, Bianca lost at SummerSlam because they're setting up Becky Versus Bianca at WrestleMania, which made no sense to me. What's the difference between Becky and Sasha? There's a great difference. You don't see it, but I see it. What is Bianca Belair going to accomplish against Becky Lynch that she has not accomplished against Sasha Banks? That match had more cultural importance and a bigger feel to it than any match that Bianca could have or will have with Becky Lynch. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how people can even compare Sasha and Bianca versus a Becky and Bianca. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like WWE's going around in circles. You made Bianca Belair at WrestleMania last year, then you fucking dropped the ball. Now you want to do it all over again and do what? Have it not be the same as what they did last year with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair? You defeat the fucking purpose. You had the perfect moment there, and then you opted to kill it in 26 seconds. Now you want to do it all over again. That was the plan. Now Bianca gets pushed to the sidelines. What happens at WrestleMania? What happens at WrestleMania? Does Becky beat Ronda? And if Becky beats Ronda, does Bianca get Becky at WrestleMania backlash? Does Bianca get Ronda's scraps, right? Does she get Ronda's sloppy seconds? That's not really a good look 
right? It's not really WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania backlash, but it's not really WrestleMania. So what's the real purpose of anything Bianca and Becky at that point? It makes no sense. I would rather not see it at all. And what happens if Ronda beats Becky? You're running into a whole new slew of problems there. Taking away an opportunity from somebody else winning the Royal Rumble. Then you got Ronda at WrestleMania in the main event against Becky. She's probably not going to stick stick around. What good is the Women's Championship going to do on Ronda Rousey? And you've built up all this with Becky Lynch for it to be wasted away by giving her first loss back to Ronda Rousey? Instead of giving it to somebody else that could absolutely be bolstered on the roster that's there every fucking week on television? None of this works out to me. None of this makes sense. It's such a shit situation. And all the people, oh, I support women's wrestling. Oh, I support women's wrestling. You do know and you do realize that Ronda Rousey being back is not really you supporting or WWE supporting women's wrestling. It's a band-aid to a much larger problem. WWE had Ronda Rousey in their fucking hands. The women's revolution was pushed to the top of everything else in the company. Those women were main eventing pay-per-view every other month on WWE TV when Ronda Rousey was there because of how important Ronda and her being there meant to the division. The women were main eventing shows left and right. Ronda Rousey took the women's revolution and took it and aided in whatever WWE needed at that time. She took it and she made it her own and she left the women's revolution in great hands when it was all over. What did WWE do? They took what Ronda Rousey did and they threw it away. The women's revolution died the night after WrestleMania. They didn't follow anything up on it. What did they do with Becky Lynch? They had not one iota of a fucking plan in place for Becky Lynch after she beat Ronda Rousey. When Ronda went away, WWE tucked their fucking dick and balls in between their legs, and they said, fuck this shit, man. Fuck women's wrestling. We're going to feud Becky with Lacey Evans, and that's going to go on for three excruciatingly terrible months. And then when Sasha Banks came back, we finally got some sort of feeling of a women's revolution again, and that was short-lived. That is when Becky's title reign actually started to feel like a title reign. So the follow-up failed. And you guys know that. And here you are for round two, and you expect WWE to do something different compared to what they did for round one. No! They won't! And you should not be in any situation to give them the benefit of the doubt. Ronda is only there to push their needs. They need to sell out WrestleMania. They need to make a big splash WrestleMania season. They got to sell out 100,000 seats. They got a main event for night one. What does this mean to the overall health of the women's division? It means nothing. This is only going to benefit Becky, Ronda, and WWE's wallets. That's it. That's it. Every other woman that's in that Royal Rumble, now with this Ronda Rousey rumor, which more than likely will probably end up being true, every woman in that Rumble is now working for Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is going to be at WrestleMania in the main event against Becky Lynch. And everybody in that locker room 
I'm sure is going to put on a fucking fake smile in front of management, but in the back of their mind, they're saying, please, not this all over again. There are women in that locker room. I would bet my fucking entire bank account that that locker room is going to be full of animosity and it's not going to be felt or seen. But every woman in that locker room is going to feel some, some sort of way. How do you think they felt when Ronda was there the first time? They, they, they felt that same way, but you didn't see it. Now, with the roster smaller and more depleted, you're going to see Ronda back and taking yet another opportunity when WWE absolutely needs to start giving opportunities. You're going to throw Ronda Rousey into the mix? How do you think those women are going to feel now? Everybody in that Rumble is like, why the fuck am I here? Ronda's going to win the Royal Rumble, and here we go all over again. I'm not good enough. The company doesn't think I'm good enough. The company doesn't give me opportunities because I'm not Ronda Rousey. And what is WWE going to do in the follow-up after Ronda and Becky finish at WrestleMania? What's going to happen? Is the women's division going to be better off for it? No. Becky and Ronda are going to be better off for it. WWE's bank account is going to be better off for it. WWE social media numbers are going to be better off for it. The women's division will suffer. This is a shit move. But I understand it. I understand it. I don't have to like it, but I understand it. I know why they're doing it. But WWE should really look themselves in the fucking mirror. How long is this going to go on? You know, before long, WWE will not have a Ronda Rousey to rely on. Before long, WWE's not going to have a Goldberg to rely on. Before long, WWE's not going to have a Brock Lesnar to rely on. Before long, Roman Reigns won't be there because he'll be making the big bucks with his cousin, Dwayne, in Hollywood. What are you going to do then? Who are you going to call then, right? Give me a fucking break with this shit, man. The hypocrisy in the community is nauseating. It's at fucking all-time highs. Nauseous levels. This is not a good move for the future of the women's division in WWE. It's a good move for WrestleMania, but it's not going to do anything at all to help the obvious fucking problem that WWE has right now as it pertains to women's wrestling. You should all be very, very, very well aware of that. Two people that won't be in the Royal Rumble. Ronda's going to be there, according to sources. Fightful is reporting that the Iconics, now the inspiration, were offered spots in the Women's Rumble match, but they turned the offer down. It was noted that Cassie Lee, Peyton Royce, and Jess McKay, Billy Kay, are happy with their current path, and they did not feel it was the right time to return to WWE. Lee and McKay are also Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Oof. Holy shit, man. Could you have any more of a worse representation for women's tag team championships? WWE has announced several former stars for this year's Rumble, including Mickie James, Summer Rae, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, and the Bella Twins. You can obviously expect some surprises as well on Saturday. WrestleVault reported that the sources in the company believe that WWE will try for an unexpected forbidden door entrant for the men's Royal Rumble match. I don't think that's going to happen. I would be shocked if it's a big name at all. And if it is, it's going to be somebody that's previously worked there. Matt Hardy was actually quoted saying that without AEW, Vince 
Bruce and the WWE management team is not going out and getting somebody that's not contractually obligated to their roster to get them for the Royal Rumble. He says, without AEW, Vince doesn't make that Mickey James move. Without AEW, Vince doesn't dip his pinky toe into the forbidden door of professional wrestling. I absolutely agree with him. But if Vince is going to dip his pinky toe into the forbidden door pool, it's not going to be for John Moxley. It's not going to be for Brian Danielson. It's not going to be for anybody like that. It's going to be with a lesser known promotion. It's going to be with a nothing promotion like Impact. And then they're going to look at who was previously working for WWE at one point in time, and they're going to bring them in to the Royal Rumble. Moose is not going to be in the Royal Rumble. Uh, Moxley, Punk, Brian, the Young Bucks, Rusev, Miro, nobody's, nobody like Andrade, no. Black, Cody, none of these men will be in the Royal Rumble. You want to know who possibly could walk through the forbidden door, this fucking bullshit forbidden door? These forbidden doors in WWE don't exist. And if they do exist, they look like the fucking cardboard doors that GCW used on Sunday night at their fucking Hammerstein Ballroom show. You know who's going to be in the Royal Rumble if they want a big surprise or an unexpected forbidden door to walk through and enter the Rumble? Big Cass, Rhino, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers... Guys like that, Rich Swan, that's who they're looking at. Guys that were previously contracted to the company. But yes, I agree with Matt Hardy 100%. Without AEW, they are not dipping their toes into the forbidden door pool. And if they are, they're not going to get contracted talent that work for an AEW or an MLW or a New Japan. Certainly won't be MLW, being that MLW is suing them. Or New Japan, WWE's not going to do that. They're going to go with what they know and they're going to stay within the WWE realm. I hope you guys are very much aware of that. As far as this news is concerned, they haven't done shit in WWE as far as I'm concerned. They were one of the worst tag teams to ever come out of WWE in the history of WWE. Two of the worst professional wrestlers in all of pro wrestling are Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. They were the most embarrassing tag team I think I've ever seen in WWE. You want to know what they did here? What they did here is decline WWE a spot in the Royal Rumble. And everything that they've done in their careers, there's not one moment that is greater than this. You want to call yourself formerly the Iconics, right? For the first time in their fucking careers, they did something worthy of being called Iconic. I'm very proud of both of them. Not a fan at all. And I'm very proud of them that they stood their ground and said, thanks, but no thanks. We're fine where we are. Mickey James gave in. Mickey James gave in, but the Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, turned down guaranteed money for a one-night show at the Royal Rumble. What does that say about them, and what does it say about Mickey James? Mickey James clearly doesn't have any self-worth or self-value about herself or self-respect about herself. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, they do. Huge, huge difference between the two parties. SmackDown, the 121 edition, drew the highest key demo since September. I guess everybody's excited about the Royal Rumble, huh? Friday Night SmackDown on Friday did 2.255 million viewers on Fox, which was up 
from 2.174 just a week ago. This is according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics on Twitter. In the all-important 18-49 to 49 demo, the show did a 0.64 rating, which was up from a 0.56 just a week ago. This is the highest key demo of the show. And since uh, September 10th, this is the highest key demo that the, that the show has done. SmackDown was, was, was garbage. SmackDown, there was nothing on the show, really. Uh, Seth Rollins was there. Kevin Owens was there. They made somewhat of an important stipulation for the main event, though very predictable. It was Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. If the Usos win, Rollins does not get a championship match at the Royal Rumble against Reigns, and Reigns takes a vacation until WrestleMania. If Rollins and Owens won, then the Usos are banned from ringside during the Universal title match at the Royal Rumble between Rollins and Roman Reigns. So at least they put some sort of stakes on the line. On SmackDown. That was it. SmackDown for the for the most of the two hours was a complete shit show. There's nothing on that show that stood out at all. There's nothing that really stands out on SmackDown at all. I don't know. I don't know how it's generating the rating that it is. But it's Royal Rumble week. Everybody's excited about the Royal Rumble and it's the go home show uh coming up. So uh, I'm assuming they'll do about the same number as well right before we get to St. Louis on Saturday. Seth Rollins in the opening promo with Roman Reigns and the Usos. He name-dropped John Moxley, and according to Ringside News, this is an exclusive, John Moxley's name was 100% scripted to be in the scripts that Rollins read on SmackDown. Ringside News asked around about the Rollins name-dropping of John Moxley's name on SmackDown. We were told that this line was 100% scripted and approved to be on the show. WWE continuing to play up their forbidden door that doesn't exist. Now, WWE previously edited Moxley from the old Ambrose footage, especially showing clips of The Shield way back in the day. They did not edit the former lunatic fringe from the Royal Rumble video package that ran, which they highlighted Reigns and Rollins' history. Seth Rollins mentioning Moxley's name on SmackDown caused a bit of a start on social media. This does not mean he will be in the Royal Rumble. In fact, no AEW talent will ever step, through, uh, step foot in WWE while contracted to AEW. So get it out of your skulls. WWE, I appreciate it. I wish they'd do this more. Stop neglecting your history. Video packages, stop omitting things that obviously we remember. Stop uh, not mentioning people's names that are a part of iconic groups like The Shield. It only made sense for them to mention John Moxley. So I'm glad that they did. Rollins and Reigns, anytime they will be together on screen, everyone's going to think John Moxley. They have a history. Moxley's a part, a great part of that history. Can't leave him out. It only made logical sense for him to be mentioned. I'm surprised they didn't mention Dean Ambrose. They mentioned Mox. I appreciate that, but it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. WWE's playing up this forbidden door aspect on their own television show. They're trying to look a little bit more in line with working with others. It's great. Yeah, let's have it happen a little bit more often instead of this one instance. That's my fucking problem. They want to shy away from it for so long, and then they want to cause a stir when it happens that one time. Should be doing it all the time. Mustafa Ali blocks WWE on Fox and the official Fox Twitter account. Mustafa Ali noted on Twitter that he's blocked WWE on Fox and their Twitter account. Ali tweeted a screenshot indicating that he was about to block the account. And he said in a tweet, oh, word, don't worry, I got you. 
Now, since the news broke a few days ago that WWE was not planning on granting Ali his release from the company, fans have been tweeting, hashtag free Ali, and it's been gaining traction. Amanda Huber, uh, Brody Lee's wife, tweeted out about a very similar situation with Brody and Ali. WWE denied Brody his release, and then they released him just a couple of days before his contract actually was expiring, which then he had to sit out an additional 90 days before he ended up joining AEW in March of that year. They're doing the same thing to Ali. She tweeted out, I know what it's like. I know what it is to see somebody that you love close to you go through this similar situation, have this this proverbial handcuff that you can't get out of. And she tweeted about it, saying that she knows about the similar situation that Brody Lee went through. And she is wanting Ali to be set free. Sasha Banks liked Amanda's tweet yesterday on Twitter. This is gaining a lot of traction. WWE more than likely will do nothing about this situation. So there's no point in me talking about it. Ali should be set free. They let everybody else go, so I don't know why they would hold him hostage. Ali, you could look at it in one of two ways. Ali, yes, he should be set free. WWE's not doing anything with him. But he did go on social media and ask his release. WWE probably looked down upon that and said, you know what, instead of coming to us, you went on social media and then requested your release in a public forum. Yeah, we're not going to grant you that. Brody Lee did the same thing. So Ali, you know, he, he went about it in a way that Brody did. I'm not sure if that was the right way to go about it. But WWE should absolutely let him go. If you're paying him to do nothing, why are you paying him? Ali could be used on SmackDown absolutely be used on SmackDown. They got a depleted roster over there. They need help, all the help that they can get. Now I feel like it's going to be another Brody Lee situation. WWE, I don't know how long his contract is. I don't know how long his contract, if it's one year, two years, I don't know how long it is. WWE is going to do the bare minimum with Ali. He may work main event, he may work superstars, he'll never be on television in a prominent role ever again. He won't be on SmackDown. He won't be on Raw. He won't be competing for major championships. WWE is going to hold this guy hostage until right before his contract is up. And then maybe 48 to 72 hours before his contract's up, then they'll release him. Yeah, yeah, you know what? We changed our mind. We're going to grant you your release. And uh, we'll then wish you well in your future endeavors. Then he's got to go through a 90-day. They're going to do it on purpose. WWE is run by a bunch of fucking evil people. They get a kick out of doing something like that. It's amazing. I don't know what they have against Ali. I really don't. But everybody's using this hashtag, Free Ali. The WWE on Fox Twitter account has been blocking everybody that used that hashtag. Now, I don't know if they actually blocked Ali in retaliation, if Ali actually blocked them, I don't know. But if he did, I don't know if WWE on Fox blocked Ali. They've been blocking all the fans in support of Ali. Then I asked the question on Twitter yesterday, who actually is in charge of the WWE on Fox Twitter account? Is it Ryan fuckface bullshit fucking emo haircut motherfucker who's absolutely shit at his job, Satin? I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Some people claim that it was this other guy. I forgot his name that runs the Twitter account, that it's both him and Satin. I don't know. And if it is Satin, it shows how much 
of a fucking prick he is for blocking fans in support of Ali. Oh my God, Ali went against the company. He's not pro-WWE. Let's shit on his fan base. Man, you must be sucking some big fucking cock over there to keep your job over there, man. How does it feel to have a podcast on fucking Fox that it's in association with WWE and we do more views daily on this channel than you do on your fucking WWE shill of a show. It's amazing. This guy tried to ruin my fucking career as well. That's why I have a fucking problem uh, with him for everybody that wants to know. But it also shows how big of a piece of shit Ryan Satin is if that is the case and he is in charge of WWE. It also shows what WWE thinks of their fucking fan base that they allow such actions to be taken on social media. Fuck that account. Anything that comes from from that account is a complete fucking waste of time. And you could see that Satin runs it just by the way shit's worded and how fucking cringe most of the tweets are. It, It sounds exactly like something he would say. It goes to show you how evil and fucking fucked up these people are, man. Fuck Fox and fuck Ryan Satin and that Twitter account. It's a complete fucking farce, every bit of it. Another WWE superstar is asked for his release. Not really a superstar, but someone in NXT, PW Insider, is reporting that Brian Kendrick has also asked for his release from the company. Kendrick was brought back a few years ago after a great showing in the Cruiserweight Classic. He was one of the names brought up to Raw when they tried to reboot the Cruiserweight division, but he was then ultimately slotted on the 205 Live show, and Kendrick eventually settled into a producer role. Kendrick hasn't been at the TV tapings in Orlando for weeks. And PW Insider noted that he's been waiting on his release for about six weeks. In his last match in WWE on 205 Live back in October, Kendrick broke into the business after being trained by Shawn Michaels. It's noted last week, WWE is not looking to grant Ali's request right now, so Kendrick may be in the same situation where he will have to wait things out until his contract expires. It's, it's weird. It was not only maybe, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago that Brian Kendrick was on WWE TV. He was being thrown down a flight of stairs by Harland and Joe Gacy. And then they had him cut a promo where he was wearing a neck brace. He took off the neck brace, and then they promoted a possible match. I believe we saw a graphic for Brian Kendrick versus Harland on WWE television on Tuesday during NXT. They changed the match. They scrapped the entire match. I wonder if it's less than six weeks. He was definitely on TV then. They were using him in a wrestler-like role. They were using him in this mini storyline here with Joe Gacy and Harlan. I wonder if it is is exactly six weeks or it's somewhat shorter. I don't remember that being six weeks ago. I remember that being fairly recent. So I don't know, man. Brian Kendrick asked for his release. Clearly, he doesn't want to be there. Clearly, something's changed in NXT. Scotty Tuhati asked for his release. He was granted his release. Brian Kendrick's asking for his release probably for the same reason. You know what Scotty Tuhati said, the heart and soul of NXT's dead. The black and gold was something special. They changed everything. Scotty Tuhati complained about John Laurinaitis coming into the Performance Center and requesting everybody with long hair and gray beards to shave their head and trim their beards and dye their fucking hair and dye their beards. He's probably leaving or wants to leave for the same reason, man. Triple H is not there. He knows exactly what is going on there. It's not the same family environment that Triple H created. 
It is now a fucking army that Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are running the same way that they run the main roster. There's no difference between Monday and Friday, and now it's on Tuesday. He didn't want it. He didn't want to be part of it. Goodbye. Hopefully they grant him his release. Another one bites the dust, man. Another one bites the dust in NXT, and it's not surprising to see why. Rampage sets its highest key demo rating in its normal time slot since October. The viewership is in for Rampage, 594,000 viewers, a 0.24 rating in the 18 to 49 demo on TNT. Uh, The show did last week 526,000 live viewers with a 0.20 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. This was the highest demo in its normal time slot since October 29th and the highest total viewership since November 5th. Rampage was ranked number six in the cable top 150 shows for the nights. Last week, it was ranking number 15. Rampage was good. Rampage was a good show, highlighted by Jake Cargill and Anna Jay in a very decent uh, TBS championship match. And uh, it was just a fun show, man. John Moxley came back, had a great match with Ethan Page. And uh, Nick Jackson wrestled Trent Beretta in the match of the night on Friday night. Between both shows, man. Excellent stuff. Rampage was a very good show on Friday night. But Moxley probably had a lot to do uh, with that rating, being that it was his first time back in a ring since he went out for uh, rehab for alcoholism. So uh, good to see him back, and good to see fans are excited to see Moxley return with him having his storyline now advanced to a Brian Danielson potential feud and match at Revolution. Very much looking forward to that. And finally, guys, in the last story on today's episode 406 of Off the Script, Dave Meltzer and Brian, Brian Alvarez discussed some upcoming AEW departures on Wrestling Observer Radio. A lot of contracts are coming up between now and the middle of the year, and they've been adding people without subtracting to the roster, which is bloated right now, which I've said over and over again. Jesse and I have said it over and over again on Wednesday, and it's something that I'm low-key worried about. I'm low-key worrying about that. It's on the back of my mind. Now, they're going to be subtracting. They're not renewing several contracts. There's uh, going to be a lot of people not getting contracts renewed. And Leo Rush is not the only one. So it's not a race issue. Peter Avalon is coming up. His contract's due. Marco Stunt. Brian Cage. Brian Alvarez talked about this. Meltzer first said uh, that Rush is pretty much done with AEW, which is why he hasn't been on TV with Dante Martin in recent weeks. The rule of dumb, uh, the, the rule of dumb. Yes, most of the IWC is dumb. The rule of thumb is that Tony Khan signs you for three years, then you are there for three years because there's guys that he's not using at all that he could cut. There might be discipline reasons for someone getting cut, which is probably the reason why uh, Leo Rush is not getting his contract renewed. Meltzer also said. That if there's a guy whose contract is up and he's not on TV anymore, not being used, they will probably be let go. Joey Janela is another one on top of the names being listed here. So Joey Janela, Brian Cage, Peter Avalon, Marco Stunt, Leo Rush. He's on the streaming shows and he's had a feud with Sonny Kiss. I don't know what his situation is. It depends on how significantly they want to cut people. There will be other people cut going forward. End quote. Cage reportedly signed in AEW in January of 2020. And his deal may be coming up as soon as this month. Janela stated publicly that his, deal is up, that his deal is up in May, and Avalon's deal already has expired. He's already taking indie bookings. It's not a racist or race issue. 
on top of that, Leo Rush blasted his boss on social media. I want to see you guys go and blast your boss on social media, and he's following you on Twitter. He sees it, and you walk in the next morning the way Rush tried to do to Tony Khan. I want to see you walk into work the next morning and have a uh, a, a little morning chat with your boss. More than likely, you'd be disciplined. Worst case scenario, you'd, you'd be fired. So th- this is just the way of the business. You want to speak up? You want to bite the hand that fucking feeds you? You want to talk down to the man that's signing your paychecks? This is exactly what happened. At what point do at what point do we start labeling this a Leo Rush problem instead of a diversity race problem in AEW? I don't know. All the other guys mentioned there are white professional wrestlers. How could this be a race thing if Tony Khan is not renewing? All those other guys' contracts and Leo Rush. Give me a break, man. You want to cry about something? Cry about something that's fucking significant. This is not significant. This is just business. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your days. If you enjoyed this video, hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's Off The Script, episode 406. I will see you guys again tonight for NXT 2.0. I will be live as we uh, dive into the fallout of Gunther on NXT 2.0. Walter is now Gunther. We will have the fallout of the social media explosion that was with the name change that happened last week. So join me live at 10.15 tonight. As soon as the show goes off the air on the USA Network, I will be live in the OTS venue on Off The Script. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. That is at JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. And I will see you guys tonight live for NXT. Until then, guys, have a great day, and I will talk to you all later tonight live from the OTS venue. See you guys later. 